First off, are you all doing your five-fold assignment? Yes, me too. I don't know what you guys chose, but boy, these are some good ones. Thank you so much, Vicki, for preparing this. Okay. Thank you, Monica, for preparing this. She won't hear this. But I've been going over these, and I know sometimes, I know I, I sign up for two, but I know there's no regulation that you can't pray all of them at any time. Uh, it's like, oh, nope, can't do it. No, no, that's covered by Kim and Bob. Okay, I got it. All right, I don't know what the rest of you people are doing, but us three, we're kind of all covered, okay? But it's, um, I mean, it's, it's just so poignant, especially when you think about the different um, meetings that are listed here, and then even... Just regular old stuff, you know what I'm saying? Just how things are going, you know, got the conferences coming up, but all the teachers in different places and the Saints networks in different places. Just pray, it's really cool. I'm very, I'm enjoying it. So it's nice to know that everyone is staying on top of it. We have to do this all the way through June at least. <sighs> Come on, people, we can do it. That seems so far away, but it really isn't. I mean, we're already in flipping February. Halfway through February. Oh, my brother's birthday is soon. Good morning, Gail. Yep. Carmen is uh, celebrating all people. All people's coming in. Okay. So, as you guys know, it's a four-page handout. But, obviously, my intention is not to even come close to going through that. But... If you guys remember Wednesday Night Live, if you got a chance to hear it, Pastor Ron was talking, <laughs> oh my gosh, Pastor Ron was using a scripture in Job, that's at the top of your page, in Job 23, and then he said, while before and after, it's really important for us to, to, to dive into Job and understand about Elohim Shaddai, about El Shaddai, or he said it, he pronounces it differently than I do, Shaddai, I think is what he says. Is that like potato, potato? But anyways, um, so I, I I accepted the challenge and I started going through Job and started writing things out, finding the places where those two words are used. And I think I got almost every one in Job. Though Shaddai is used a lot in Job. And then El or Elohim, the separate one, they're all used there. And then at the very end, he just throws in a splash of Yahweh. So it's pretty nifty. <laughs> a splash. So I, I think I don't know why I'm thinking of it as a painting, but anyway. So um, you know, I was just a quick review. Let's look at Job 23, 14 to 17 review because I'm assuming all of you heard Wednesday Night Live, but if you didn't, this was like the cornerstone scripture. For he performs the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore, I am troubled at his presence when I consider, oh, troubled at his presence. When I consider, I am afraid of him. For God makes my heart soft, and the Almighty troubles me. Because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. As he read that, right after he said that, he goes, there's a lot to unpack in here. And I'm like, it's not that, there's not, not very many words. Oh yeah, there was a lot to unpack in here. So, you know, he went over the discussion about, um, you know, really he's talking about the presence, which is what the conference is about. But in, in, this, in this scripture, there is that word presence, which we all know is 
the face. We understand that it's being before God. It's face to face, even if you want to say, but it's before God. We are there in his presence, right where he's looking. And that's obviously where we want to be always. And, and it was, um, continue to discuss what it meant for, um, our hearts to be soft. Pastor Ron did in discussion and for the almighty trouble, how he troubles us. And, you know, you look at the scripture, you look at the word and you see, oh, I get it. And then the last part, because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness of my face, from my, from my face. Okay, wait, where's my other piece of paper? One moment, please. There it is. So, in essence, Pastor Ron challenged us, and now God's challenging us to understand these, these names of God, these characteristics, these uh, perceptions uh, that, that God is giving to us, but understanding the characteristics of him. In this case, and on your paper, I wrote down El, the singular of Elohim. I wrote down Elohim, and then Shaddai, or Shaddai, and then El Shaddai. So you could see the nuances between all the words, which is not a whole lot, but it's all-encompassing awesomeness of God. <laughs> the El Shaddai is going to be the one that will seek out your heart, your mind, your wills, your will, your emotions, feelings, intellect, and he's going to train that. He's going to chasten that, and he's going to sustain you. Do all of it. Go ahead. I think maybe I muted it. Okay, my bad. I thought I muted it. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. sorry. We're good. So here's the neat thing. I don't know if anybody else does this, but when when the Father, when the Spirit shows uh, an an expanded dimension of a word, I usually go into my line upon line and I add that in there. Now, I wish I could say I had been faithful to do this every single time because, of course, whenever I don't, that's when I need it. And I'm trying to think back, where was that? Where was that? I can't remember what that was. What did I say? So I'm trying to be even better about that. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I really liked about this that expands this is that from this verse is what it expands it is telling us that when he's training it, he's training us to be more precise and more skilled as a son, mm -hmm. which incorporates having to subdue and train those elements that you mentioned. Yes. And, um, but it's not always going to feel comfortable. And Absolutely that we not. need to really overcome that comfort part. I start to say overlook, but you can't always overlook it. But overcome that discomfort part and focus in on what he's training us to be. And I have to tell you, now that I've studied Job a lot more, maybe you guys have too, and you maybe have come to the same conclusion, it's not just enduring. It's not just something that Job had to endure. It's not, it's not just that. It's so much more because he really did understand what was going on. And when you go in depth to the scripture and the words and, and, and see what's going on, he, he knew what was happening. He knew he had to go through it. So he, he was accepting of it. And I don't know, maybe the process of reading the box scores and all that got into this thing. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. 
um, got into his mind, so he knew really where he stood, but he knew that he had to, he had to go through this. Lisa. <laughs> Part of what I love from this verse is that, is that the fact that he did have that understanding, and because of that, God did not withhold any of the darkness. He let him plow right into the middle of it and, and use the training that God was putting him through to assess and glean and discern what was going on. And as Pastor said, that's why we have the insight that we have into Behemoth and into Leviathan, mm -hmm. because Job was faithful to do that. Instead of focusing on, ooh, it's dark all around me. Look what I have to Endure. be in the midst of. He's yeah. not He's not looking at that. He's looking at what is going on in mm -hmm. the midst of this. What is really, what is opposing what God is doing. Right. And this is way in chapter 23. <laughs> I mean, we got all those other chapters. We Then you get to 23, and this is where he's talking and, and revealing these things. Um, so I wrote down some notes from what Pastor Ron was teaching where, where he, said, he noted in these verses that God has appointed unto us things to accomplish while we're here on this earth. Because Job clearly states that, that he, that he God, performs a, those things that are appointed unto Job to accomplish. That that's what's going, you know, many such things are with him. We know that. Obviously we know that. That's what God's doing. That's what God is. That's how we're making it this far. And and as jo as Vicky said, Job um, had no barrier between him and the darkness. It was right there in front of him, so he could see what was happening. He could see the strategies of the enemy. He could see the strategy of the enemy, whether it was just for him, which we're assuming that's mostly what he's talking about, or or the whole earth. I mean, Job was in a place where he could see what the enemy was trying to take down replace, take away. Uh, the other thing I wrote down, um, oh, Job is getting a clear picture of what the enemy camp is intended to do. And I put in Behemoth and Leviathan. Um, and the mysteries of the enemy camp was something else that he mentioned. And you do, you know, there obviously there are mysteries of the camp, Okay of the enemy camp, our camp, but there are also mysteries in the enemy's camp that, that God will reveal to us as needed. That's an as needed basis. Cause I got to tell you, sometimes I think I get freaked out too much about those things. When God tells me, la, 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 la. no, here we are. Mind, will, and emotions. I'm going to get those over here because that's the almighty. Um, also die comes to us. This is the part that is so fun. Pastor Ron stated this, El Shaddai comes to us in the valley and in the shadows because he is going to train us and form us so we can function in the timing of God and fulfilling what God has created us to be. So you look at it, Elohim and, and Shaddai, this is how he trains his sons because Elohim is his heart for us. We, un we understand that. We've been talking about it. And when you couple that with Shaddai, you'll understand that this is a training of his heart for us, our heart for him. I don't, I, I want to say I don't like it, but I, I, don't, I don't mind it as much as I used to. And I want to be that way. I'm sorry. I want to be that way. So when something's happening, you know, that's 
good, bad, or indifferent, our heart is supposed to be with his heart as his person of Shaddai gets our, th- gets our stuff aligned. All of our stuff. Our mind, our will, and emotion, which for some of us, one part's harder than another, whatever. God doesn't, God doesn't care. He's going to do this. Will you submit to it? He doesn't, he doesn't care who you think you are. Can I say it that way? Not trying to offend anybody. He doesn't care what you, who you think you are. He cares that you know what he believes you are. That's what he cares about. Like a parent and child, of course. Parent and child. Um, we need to get your hearing checked, okay? <laughs> like in the natural. <laughs> and so, you know, most of the time, one of the other things Pastor Ron said, most of the time when there's that, there's this combination of El, Elohim, and Shaddai, El and Shaddai, um, it's because God's coming to us from his heart because he needs, he wants us to accomplish something on his behalf. We need to not struggle with that. We need to get it and move forward. And that's one of those things that I still, you know, ah, struggle with. It's one of those things that I still think too much about. I'm, I'm Seriously, why is that happening? Is this because I'm a bad person? Is this because I've got that stuff? But maybe it's that over there. No, because this else should die. That should be good enough. It needs to be good enough for us that we react to that and move forward. So... I was going to say because uh, Ron mentioned this in one of his teachings Chair. last week that uh, oh gosh, Brian farted. Oh my gosh! Would you just say the last thing? Sorry, guys. I was talking about how he he trains us. Need to be focused in on L. Yeah, just all the thinking we do sometimes. Just to be focused that it's El Shaddai moving in this situation. He mentioned this little little phrase about how vulnerable we are and that we need to be so submitted and everything like that, but that we're not guilty. Like he was saying, oh, well, if you go and do something bad, like you're rude to someone or you 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 steal something at a store or something, he goes, we're not talking about that. you know. And that was interesting because that is that flesh that we're always combating. And you were just saying, hey, how can we be this way? And that's why, because we're still forcibly being detained on earth for this purpose of <laughs> I actually like that Carmen we are forcibly being detained on this earth to accomplish the kingdom of God's will and stuff. and that's that's probably the interesting thing about the the definition of sin so much of the church is focused in on the things the individual things that that are are wrong and really the focus is in on missing the mark what is the mark that's, it doesn't matter how you're missing it. If you're missing it by killing somebody, by by hitting the piggly wiggly and ripping them off, or or by rejecting who God's called you to be, it all misses the mark. So that's the point you don't want to do is miss the mark. Oh, sorry. Woo. Right. And and understanding, too, that's the, the thing that's also hard for me, but understanding, too, that it's not hard, but anyhow, understanding that what you're going through right now is because God needs you to go through that right now. Yeah, to be stronger, more precise, have more understanding 
gain more wisdom. I knew we weren't going to get through this lesson either. So, well, no, because it's a really it's a really important thing. Go ahead. Well, and and how thankful I am that he has taken us through in baby steps because we went from, you know, that declaration of we're going to be persecuted right. and and that almost overwhelming caution, fear, whatever you, whatever you, however you want to name it of, oh Fame. no, what have we stepped into, you know? Yeah. And, Whoa. and then to realize that, you know, um, the urgency that we have to get places and be places. And then we get de delayed and we're thinking, why is this happening? And then we, we've stopped, not entirely, but we've less that reaction for, for us mm has lessened so that we realize, you know what? God knew this was going to happen. So I need to take a deep breath and focus on what are you trying to do in this moment? And little by little, he's changed our thought process so that we're no, we're not, um, as prone to knee jerk <laughs> react as we had, as we used to. And we really are starting to look at our situations and go, okay, yeah, this is crummy. Okay. What, what is the purpose? What is your, what is it that you're trying to get me to submit to so that we can, I can move forward into that new thing that you're doing. And so, and it's been, I mean, it's everyone's life situations, you know, they come up against whether it's health or finances or, you know, and he's just kind of walked family. us through you know, family hmm. yeah. <laughs> relationships. It's just, you keep coming to that point of going, but I'm be, I'm staying submitted as long as I stay submitted to what, to your heart even through the, the murky murk, I got to know you knew all this was happening. So, you know, my focus needs to be, how do we move forward? Yeah. The reaction, the reaction that we have for me right now is the biggest, the biggest hurdle that I'm trying to overcome. You know, and everyone's like, we want to be proactive, not reactive. And it's like, well, I can be as proactive as I want. Yes, you can. You need to pray more than you ever have before. That's your proactiveness in, in dealing with all of the things that might happen, the visitation of El Shaddai in your life. The reaction is still there. Part of that is obviously our flesh. Our flesh has reactions. There's, there's no way around it. It doesn't matter how many times I fly. It doesn't matter how many times I go to the airport it doesn't matter how many times I pack my bags, I have the same reaction in my flesh. I don't want to have that reaction anymore, but I, that my flesh does that. So how do I combat that? Big thing. Pray. I, think the, I don't think the purpose is to get your flesh to quit reacting. I right. think the purpose is to get your spirit reacting. reacting and your flesh to have to submit to the spirit. That's right. Our continuing story and saga in life. So let's look at our definitions, because I mean we could talk for a little while about all this stuff. But the in in first in Job twenty three verse sixteen, God is the word El or Elohim. In this case, it's El. Everywhere you see God all all dark, it's talking about a version of Elohim. So we got El, Elohim, and Eloah. All of them are are the same, the, the same derivative, same um, overall feature and understanding of who God is. 
Your definitions are right there. El singular of Elohim and implies a direct and distinct appeal from God to his people. And then it's combined with other names, which we know, El Shaddai, uh, El Elyon. Elo what? El Almighty. El oh. Okay, El. All right, anyway. <laughs> Vicky Humor. Um, so, communication is very special emphasis of the, uh, sorry, the personal nature of God in regard to establishing his heart within you, within your house, within the house you live in, within your entire life. That's what he's trying to do. Within the nations. This is something that, that God is, that's what he's provoking within us. We follow El Shaddai, understand what it means to be in the presence of El and then Elohim, I wrote that down there, as indication of the heart and compassion of God. So it's it's an awesome word and a great place to be within God's heart. I'm just, that's it, I guess, simplest way to say it. Yeah. And then we have Shaddai or Shaddai or however you pronounce it. And I, and I wrote down, it's a supply, defense, and counsel provided to the sons as they obediently walk the pathways of righteousness. That's like really fancy-dancy. But it's as we walk the pathways that God has designated us for, to walk, however they may look, even if there's snow on the ground and we can't see the walkway, the pathway, there's still a pathway. Who cares about the snow? Well, I do, but you understand. <laughs> Too cold. Ah. And then you do the combination, El Shaddai. And, and the literal translation, this is one of the things that Pastor Ron put in his teaching, is the God of the uncultivated fields. Think about that. God of the uncultivated fields. That means it's a place that Shaddai wants to move in to bring up, raise up, grow his kingdom, purpose, plans, all of that. that that's what he wants to do. So that's where if you think about going on a mission trip, guess who's in your back pocket? Nah. Guess who's leading? El Shaddai. Because you're going to these places where people do not understand the big picture, the whole message of, of God's kingdom, of sonship, of we're not just here to count how many leaves fall off of the oak tree every single fall. Sorry. <laughs> you know, we're here to accomplish a kingdom, well, a kingdom job, a kingdom, yeah, we, we all have jobs. Uh, that that's what that's what it's about. So El Shaddai is going to go with us wherever we go. Now, do we have to go somewhere physically to be a part of that mission trip, to be a part of that visitation to an uncultivated field? No, obviously we don't. We do this in prayer, probably more often than we know, and now we're going to pay attention more. Where are you sending me now, Lord? What am I praying now? Oh, okay, we're going here because... He needs a seed dropped in this place so that it will grow on, on his behalf for his kingdom. And it's a different, it's kind of a, it's a different perspective. To me, it's a different perspective. So as we keep saying, whether you go to this place or whether you stay here and pray, you're still going to that place on his behalf. And it's still El Shaddai working. Mind you, the same uncultivated fields can exist within you that he's trying to reach that he is asking you to 
Submit to him. Let him help you cultivate that field. Change it from nothing, barrenness, desert, dry. Some things I learned this today or the other day, it was really interesting. Did you know that the Sahara Desert is very, very dry, right? Do you know it's just that dry up north near the North Pole? It's the same, the same dryness exists in both places. Just one's warm, one's hot. And it's just so weird. See, I did that too. Because Sahara Desert is very hot and very dry. North Pole's very cold and very dry. I'm sorry. Hot, whatever. Okay, all right, you people. No, no. I just thought that was very fascinating that they're the same amount of dryness in both spots. It's like, because we don't understand cold, by the way, people in Florida, because when it gets cold, we get a lot of moisture and we can't stand that. So it's a wet cold and we hate it. But not everybody is wet cold. It's like the same thing with Arizona. Not everybody's moist hot. Arizona's dry hot. And then Larry and I go for a walk and we're like, oh, we're parched. We need to go back. (laughs) Do we have any more water, Larry? No. Okay. So there you go. All right. Why did I say that? Nobody knows. Oh, we're talking about the barren fields, the dry, dry places. We are that, we're that water. We are, we are part of El Shaddai's plan for that place. Humidity. We're humidity. Ooh, almost like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> Pastor Ron then said, we're going to go look at, look, you should go study El Shaddai and Job. So that's what I did, and that's what the next all these pages are about. We've only read one scripture so far, am I right? Okay, so now we're going to go and read, oh, not read. But what I did was map out the Job chapters to make sure I understood who was talking to where. I had to do that because there's times when these guys are talking about El Shaddai and they're talking about Elohim, his friends, and, you know, wait, I need to understand who's saying what so I know where they're coming from. So I mapped it out, as you can see. Job 1 talks about Job's character and wealth. Satan is allowed to test Job. Satan takes Job's property and children. There's some people that would say, yay, about the children, but not about the property. But anyways, I'm now dry. Uh, And then Job 2 talks about Satan attacks Job's health. And then Job's three friends. And then I I listed them all because I want to call, and I don't know how to pronounce their names, Eliphaz the the termite. I want to call Bill Dow the shoe shoe salesman, and Zophar the nomite. So if you look at their names, it kind of matches because Zophar is like a gentle. His name means like gentleness, and Bill Dad is oh can't remember his. I think his is boldness. Anyways. And when you look at their words that they use, you can see how it matches. So, you know, Job laments his, the, the day he was born. That's in Job 3. and Job 4, his buddy Ilphaz speaks and says things about, if you were innocent, this is the life of an innocent person. That's what he's relaying to, to Job. Now, does he say in that chapter, Job, you're a bad guy? No, not really. But he's thinking, and tell me, we've used this tactic, I'm sure we have, about what it means to be an up, upright and a righteous person and all that. And we talk that to people, hoping they'll hear what we're saying and realize that what they're doing is wrong. 
or not righteous or whatever the word is. So in Job chapter 5, in 17 through 21, Eliphaz says, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. For he maketh sore and bindeth up. He wounds and his hands make whole. He shall deliver thee in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. In famine he shall redeem thee from death, and in war from the power of the sword. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue, neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it comes. I found this like a very fascinating statement by this guy, but he's trying to tell um, Job, if this, if this was you, these are, the, these are the rewards that you'd be having. There would not be destruction. He's missing the mark. Eliphaz is missing what God is trying to do. He's, he invokes and speaks of El Shaddai, but he doesn't understand what El Shaddai is doing. He doesn't get it. And a lot of people don't get it about El Shaddai. Like we were saying in the beginning, when something bad happens, we'll just tar- start with bad. When something bad happens, we automatically think we've done something wrong. And, and that's not how El Shaddai works. He puts us, allows us to be in the midst of something good, something bad, something ugly, something sad, any of those things, because he wants our heart to be his heart. That training is occurring for us to get ourselves aligned with what God is doing so that tomorrow our reaction is God and not flesh. That's, that's the deal. So, as, as Pastor Ron would say, there's a lot to unpack in this scripture. But I just want to, let's just focus on the, the God and Almighty first and see what we can see there. Though the rest of the scripture kind of talks about that. So, be happy. Because <laughs> God's correcting you. And you, you are being proved, you're being justified, you're being reproved by Elohim. His heart is doing this work. Go ahead, Vicki. That word for happy roots back to it's actually part of the progression uh, in this walk. So okay. you progress when, when, when God, the, heart of, the heart of the Father correct. is correcting you. Yeah. And boy, we don't... Yeah, it is true. And, and again, you know, don't you know that the enemy understands words? There, we as Americans do not, maybe not just Americans, but we do not like to be corrected. Do not correct me. Even when you do it, I still look at you like, don't, don't go there. But that's not what this is talking about. That's where the perspective needs to change. It's not that kind of... That kind of correction, it is, hey, I need to, I need to prove you up right here, so, so work with me. I need, I need to get this part over here, so work with me. It's not the, you're so wrong and stupid and everything else people associate with being corrected. 
And it's such, and so many times it's a stigma. We'll just keep going. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. And I know this is part of the definition of El Shaddai, is that there's a chastening that occurs. And there's a disciplining, there's a warning that God is giving us when we're in the midst of, of this chastening. And of course, we're not going to despise it. We're not going to refuse it. That would be rid- ridiculous. And yet, hmm, we're also not going to reject it, right? That also would be ridiculous, but mm-hmm. measure of instruction. Which which word is measure of instruction? Chastening, yes. Measure of instruction. Y- you have to. Otherwise, why go through it? Sorry. We're supposed to learn through that. Sorry, I wanted that on. I understand. I was just thinking how, um, you know, when God corrects, like you said, it's not this chest, you know, this beating or, you know, smacking or depriving you of something. It is really like uh, <laughs> a trainer who goes to the place where you're working out and says, okay, I'm seeing a weakness here. You need to work on this leg or you need to work on this arm or you need to work on, on you know, this part of your body. This is where you're weakest. And this is the exercise that's going to build that up. And so this is, this is the... Um, Correction. This is what God is doing in us. It's uh, yeah. it's so opposite from, you know, you silly fool. Bam, <laughs> get back in line. I know. You know. Hit me with the two by four. Now nah, we're right. past the two by four days. Uh, another image came to mind. It's just it's the tweaking. You know, we're to that point of okay. Well, yes, we're going straight because, but now you're veering to the right a little bit. So what we're going to do is I just need you to re, you know, readjust. So if you're sailing and you don't keep your horizon where it needs to be, you can end up just drifting just a little bit and now you're now you're off target, you know. So you have to so, I am not going to repeat that on this microphone. Keep going. And so it's really the correction is necessary because our our heart's desire is to be aligned, you know, going straight. You want to make it to your destination, Mm -hmm. but the journey is just as important. And sailing, if you are off by just a little bit. One degree. You know, just one degree, you know, your angle's off. Well, then you either lose wind or you don't make it to where you're heading because you are now not on course. Mm-hmm. And so it's just that those minor adjustments. And so it is a, pers- it's a completely different perspective mm-hmm. because as dad was saying, it's not a, I've got a ruler. I'm going to whack you because you've been insolent. It's okay. We're off again. It's like, as mom said, we're not hitting the mark and the mark is really the goal. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter how it appears that we're missing it, but it's like coming back to, are you on mark? Thing about sailing, though. <laughs> it does. But speaking of sailing, very few times you really get to go in a straight line. But you still know where you're going, and you have to tack. But you still, yeah, you're adjusting. You always, you always know where the goal is. So, and I'm even going to add something crazier to that. When he was, you were saying about we're not going to have to get whacked anymore. I was thinking about how they train. Elephants. We're not elephants, but still, it's not a gentle prodding when they when they train elephants. They got the big rod. You ever seen that thing they have? I know they have thick skin, but they have this really big, huge rod where they they smack into. It's got a spike or something at the end. They smack into the leg or the chest of the elephant to get them to go left or right to follow to follow how to 
stand on a ball or whatever they train elephants to do. And so it's, it's, not, it's, it, it's not like that. But it still is them getting the elephants to do what they're supposed to be doing. God wants us to do right. He wants that part of our lives to be right. So that anytime it gets provoked or whatever, it's right. Okay, so the next part is something that I know has always baffled me. I don't know about you guys, but it says, For he makes sore and binds up. He wounds and his hands make whole. And it's so hard for me to understand why God would want to hurt me. That's how I have taken this scripture in the past. And this is one of the reasons I am not a big fan of studying Job. I wasn't a big fan of studying Revelation either, but I kind of got over that. And then studying Song of Solomon. Anyway, now I'm in Job. I think I've almost kind of overcome all areas I don't want to study. I say that now God will help me with that. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with traveling. Traveling. Your, your, your flesh that uh, rejects. Mm -hmm. traveling so those weaknesses that we have he brings up again it's not like he wounds us mm -hmm. but he gives us the opportunity to address the areas where we have that weakness and then we go forward yep exactly that's exactly right when you look at the words oh go ahead no you're going to say it so go ahead because you do well i was just thinking we're, we're coming off of El Shaddai, mm -hmm. who teaches and trains us in uncomfortable circumstances so that we can be more precise and we can be skilled as a son in the timing of a God. Mm -hmm. So this is just an addendum to that. It's going to feel painful. Yes. It's going to feel restraining. Yes. And um, he, it's going to feel like you're being crushed. Yes. Which is a good thing. And shattered. But yes. his hands, his partnership is mm -hmm. what, and I thought, found this interesting, makes whole, yes, that that's exactly what it is. But it also, part of the definition, it says, it mends and restores the issues of nations. Yep. His partnership with his hand, partnership with his heart. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. It's not as it breeds at all. Could you fear breathing down your neck? Go ahead. Now, and because Adrian's not here, but, um, you know, you think about <laughs> wounds and you, <laughs> you to, for those wounds to actually heal, sometimes you've got to go in, especially like burn victims, you have to go in and actually apply more pain to the area in order to actually give it the ability to heal. Peel more stuff off. And yeah. so it's, it, it really is going back to that, as Gail was talking, you know, things are exposed so they can be healed. If you don't ever look, if you don't ever rip off the, the bandaid or, you know, pull the, the weakness to the top or, you know, showcase, uncover those places, then they can't have the ability to heal because they're still festering. They're still sitting dormant. They're still allowed to, you know, it's like they say when you, we have a fear of something and you, you face some people are able to face it and realize, okay, that's not like the dark. At one at one point, all of us kid, all of us as kids were afraid of the dark. Well, why was it scary? Well, because we couldn't really see. We didn't know what was lurking behind the doors. And as you get older, you realize the dark's not as bad as we think it is because we know, you know, there's no going, no one going to jump out and grab you. But that's, you know, it's it's a overcoming that fear. 
I think it's cool that we're saints because then we don't have to worry about, uh, we're, we're sort of like the Navy treats, uh, teaches you. If you get a burn in the Navy and you apply heat, like hot water to it immediately three times, you don't even get a blister afterwards. So we don't have to go through the purging of the skin layers, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that's the sensitivity we're being taught now. And, um, you know, it's not always... Always, uh, you know, healing of wounds, it, it is restoring function to something that has become uh, a form without ability. And so, you know, if you, if you have a, a limb broken and it heals, it looks great, but then you have to go through therapy. You have to begin to use it and bend it and, uh, so that it becomes functional again. And this is, this is that word, estheneo. We have to examine ourselves so that we are, uh, allowing the Lord to, to, uh, to bring the therapy that, that will allow that part that has been restored to begin to function as it was designed to. Yeah. Oh, there's so much more to say, but we're going to keep going because God's going to have to show you guys a lot of this stuff like I know he will. So we move on to the next chapter in chapter 6, and Job is now responding to what Eliphaz had to say. And I said, Job reads the box score. Does everybody know what a box score is? Uh, see, I knew there was had to be at least one person who didn't know what it is. You don't either? So if you're a sports fan, you know what it is. So in the newspaper, if there's a game that's happened, if you want to read all about it, they usually have an article for you to read or on a website. You can read the article and see if there's anything that happened. But if you don't have that time, you go to what's called a box score. So literally in the newspaper, it's a box. And inside the box is whatever the game is. It was a basketball game. It shows you the name of the teams and the score. And it'll tell you how many points they scored each quarter. Then they'll tell you who the highest score, per, who the person was that made the most points or the most blocks or the most rebounds. In baseball, it's a lot more, used a lot more because it's a lot longer. But it's the same thing every inning. How many hits do they have? Who was the pitcher? Who made the home runs? Who did the RBIs? And it, and it tells you briefly what happened. And you can see, there's my favorite player. He hit four home runs in that game. Well, that would be crazy. But anyway, so that's what a box score is. It tells you what happened in the game, whatever the game is. They do it in everything. Soccer, they do it in tennis. I don't think I've ever seen it in some games like lacrosse and all, but I'm sure they do. That's what a box score is. So all Job's doing now is relaying to the people what he already knows, what he understands about God. I'm reading the box score. This is what's really happening to me now. This is how I feel, but this doesn't mean this is truth, if you understand what I'm saying. Go ahead. The concept of reading boss scores is to just relate information without judgment, right? Without yes. opinion, uh, and without prejudice. And uh, so this is, like you said, what he's doing there. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's just the facts, just the stats, exactly. So Job says in chapter six, two through four, "Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed and my calamity laid in the balances together." That's a very interesting scripture. We're going to come back to that. For now, it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore, my words are swallowed up. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. The poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Now, see, that's another one of those scriptures like, what? 
He shot arrows in me. What? And they poison. What? Okay, so we'll get there. So, you know, what, what Job is trying to say in the beginning is that all of the frustration that's weighing in upon him and all of the, the, the weight that he is bearing because of the total engulfing of ruin that has happened to him, right? We could all agree. Job has been engulfed with ruin. He's engulfed with destruction. Everything he has is gone. So he's saying all of this, can we, can we balance it all together? He's, he's frustrated. He's expressing that all of these things that are happening, all of the weight of, the, of all of this calamity, which is that destruction that's occurred, can we balance it all together? Can we get them all, uni you know, all unified together? My grief, my frustration, um, you know, and then I, I and, and what I need to bear up and all. Uh, can we do it all together? That's why I say he's reading the box scores, right? For now, it would be heavier than the sand of the sea, which we've had sand in our bathing suits, and it can be really heavy, especially when you're a kid. You understand that? You look at, never mind. Anyway, so, therefore, my words, and that word is debar. Words is talking about my debar are swallowed up. They're gulped up by this situation. They're, they're totally taken into nothingness. I say that. It's like, almost like vanity. You think about when you're in the middle of, in the midst of something that's just all engulfing and encompassing of your life, and it just seems like the world's going to end, or it's just too much. And then you think you're making, you're declaring to bar words, you're speaking forth to bar words, but nothing seems to be happening. It's like they're just being swallowed up by the whole, the whole big kitten caboodle. They don't, even, they don't even have any weight. That's not true, but that's how Job is expressing what's going on right now with him. And then he talks about the arrows of the Almighty are within me. The arrows of El Shaddai are within you. Well, we know a lot about arrows, but we know that when we're talking about arrows, you're a son. The father has invested and is investing in you because he sends arrows to you to help, you know, pinpoint that place that needs this or that. He sends those things to you. Part of the definition is to divide, too. So it's like it's dividing up the bone from the marrow, it's, it's dividing up the tobe from the raw. It's, it's, uh, it's like dividing up the, po the points that are committed wholly to the Father and those points that need to be. Yeah, and that's how El Shaddai invests in you. When you see an, an arrow coming from El Shaddai, don't duck. <gasps> okay, so it goes on to say, um, the poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. So... When you talk about poison, you can see the definition when you look at it. But it's it's the it's the uh, it's the displeasure of God that He has for that place, for that I must say for that place, for your life, for the aspect of your life, for the pinpointing area that God's putting His finger on as part of the judgment and burning that needs to go away, and it drinks up your spirit. So when you, the poison is taking out, I'm not sure I'm even going to say this right. 
It's going to drink up the the pneuma, the, I'm sorry, the ruach that's not God. I'm still not think I'm saying it right. But it goes on to say that the terrors or the alarms of Elohim um, are arranged and put in order for you to follow. Go. Say again. So we see the difference. Go, Vicky. She's still pondering. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what this because that drink at this talking about being drunk. It's about so I'm wondering if it's not maybe the poison is okay. also goes back to anger. And mm-hmm. if it's not more the the anger of the righteous anger of God becomes drunk on for the inebriate it with the yeah, breath I'm, of God that's in me. I don't know. I'm trying to know. I'm trying I'm, to figure that one out. There's I know that's something that's, there. I don't I don't have a good answer either. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna have to ponder that one. I mean, maybe you all have it, but I've still I wrote all these things down. I'm like, yeah, none of that's making sense. The part that that God has an investment in us makes sense. Own focus. Say it again. You know, when you have uh, an issue and you're so consumed with um, the evidence of that issue and dealing with it because you're in the middle of it and it's consuming you maybe this is that's your focus maybe this is god's focus doing the same thing you need to say it in the microphone yes the 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 emphasis is on the poison or the anger from those arrows that are dividing that are piercing and dividing those areas mm-hmm. so that we can see, like you're saying, so we can see what he's highlighting, what he's showcasing and see the difference, the um, opposition of one to the other. And so. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, um, like, like Vicki was saying, uh, it's, is the, it's what's on the arrows that is drinking up my spirit. So, you know, his spirit man is feeling all of this. It's involving everything that's his identity, his spirit, you know, what God has given him to bring life. And so um, the, the, the terrors, well, you'll find out as you look at what terror means, is, uh, is, is being stirred up in his spirit. And it, it's, it's absolutely um, involving every part of his spirit man. It's okay. I mean, we got pieces and parts. We'll keep going. What? Okay. All right. Go ahead. It definitely has to do with getting your spirit totally aligned with his as well, with his with his breath, because mm-hmm. that terror is talking about alarms. So the alarms of his heart are are setting themselves off again. I mean, it's all to get our attention to say, God, what are you? What are you? refining within me in that deep place within me what are you refining what are you trying to bring into alignment yeah yeah i still don't get that okay one more because if you look if you look at it the the words let's see which is what do i want set themselves do. in and against me those aren't there so it's really just the terrors of god arrayed and it's so it's yeah. really yeah against those, me is not even scripture no so it's <laughs> 
It's really the, the array is to set up in a row, to arrange, to put in order. So that whole thing, you know, again, is our spirit men being positioned mm -hmm. as sons. In the heart of God. In the heart of God. Yeah. And so while it reads weird. It, it does. It reads it like it's a bad thing. It really, I think he's really looking at it and going, yes, I'm frustrated, but I know that the father is... Uh, doing this, he's doing this, <laughs> and he's he's trying to get my my spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's laying out his spirit so that my spirit can can connect and, and align. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's going for. Yeah, it, it's so weird though to under, to think that that God shoots arrows at us, but it's 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 Shaddai, it's El Shaddai shooting his arrows at those places within us. Yeah. Are you, you think you're done? You got another thought? Okay. All right. So that's chapter six. Chapter seven in Job, Job continues about how his life stinks. I don't think I said it very well in there, but that continues to show up about how his life stinks. I said it that way because Vicky doesn't like me use certain words, which I would have used in this case. But. And what I mean by how his life stinks, he's again still reading the box score. He's giving the facts of what's occurring. What's wrong? Okay. So here comes his buddy, Bildad. He's such a good, close, personal friend. Yeah, see? All right. So here's Bildad, the shoe salesman. He comes to talk to Job. After Job says all of these things, and, and, and in a way, just like he did in chapter 6, he has an understanding of what God's really doing. He, he, he gets it. So Bildad says in Job chapter 8, 1 through 6, then answered Bildad, the shoe salesman, and said, How long wilt thou speak these things, and how long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Doth God pervert judgment, or doth the Almighty pervert justice? If thy children were sinned against him, and he have cast them away for their transgression, if thou wouldest seek unto God betimes, that should be, and how wouldest God seek unto God seek, because that's really what those words are seek, and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee, and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. His friend, the salesman, the shoe salesman, he's trying to sell him a different pair of shoes. What you got is not good. I have another pair of shoes. They look much nicer, and your habitation of thy righteousness will now prosper. I have a prosperous message for you. Follow this. Don't follow what you're doing, because look, you have nothing left. Right? Shoe salesman. Okay, maybe you don't have a shoe salesman like that, but oh, these are much better for you. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's see, because we're we're out of time. So when you look at this, one of the things that Pastor Ron said about the scripture was that when you enter into supplication, you are going to be dealing with Shaddai. You're going to be dealing with Shaddai. That's who you're going to be dealing with. So this is going to put you in a place of what? testing to overcome and to learn. 
Now, that could mean that I'm never going to supplicate again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's an interesting thought process. Now, did Bildad understand that when he was speaking it forth? Probably not exactly. But he was encouraging, encouraging is a, maybe a good word, that, you know, make your supplication to El Shaddai. Did he understand that when he said that, that that would now going to put Job into a place of testing and a place where he's going to have to overcome and then learn? Yeah, you got to do all of those. You got to be able to be tested. You got to overcome and you got to learn. Just to be tested doesn't work. Just to be tested and overcome doesn't really mean anything. Tested, overcome, and learn. That's the important part. So, again, lots to unpack in this place. So, you guys are going to have to go through and do that because here we are at 930 and we're only in chapter 8 of Job. So you can see the rest of it. I go on with my little, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, outline, you know, Job 9, Job replies, Job 10. Job continues to plead to God, Job 11. So far, the nomite talks to Job, says a few things. Then chapter 12, you can see it goes all the way through to the very end in chapter 42. That's the very end of this thing. Chapter 42. Let me find it. Last page. And it says, Job repents. <laughs> now, what does he repent of? Maybe all those things that he learned, right? All the, all the testing and things that, that God was putting him, that God was leading him through. The El Shaddai factor kicked in and Job, Job got it. Job got to a place of understanding. He didn't necessarily curse the days of his views being born, but he, he continued to grow in what, what the Father was doing on the earth. That what he had was what he had, but what he has now is what the Lord intended for him to have as well. And so it's interesting reading, and then I forgot to mention that a fourth friend showed up. Elihu, 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 I can't say it. Where did he come from? There you go. <laughs> Lots of very interesting scriptures with, with him as well. Because in the in the end in chapter in verse chapter thirty five he talks about how much doomed Job is. You think about all this guys, it it really does apply to us because we are we go through a lot of this we're going through a lot of this. We're understanding and feeling a lot of this. But people persecuting and saying things through all of these things, just like the three friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in all of this, we're in the atmosphere of El Shaddai. I'm sorry I have to end now. You all seem so enthusiastic to go on more about learning what you're going to be going through tomorrow. Or later on today. Oh no. Father, thank you for your word, and I ask that your spirit will lead all of these people here and anyone online that was listening to study and understand what it is about your characteristic of El Shaddai, about Elohim Shaddai in our lives. Thank you for your word that we can study it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.